Hi, Priscilla McKinney here, Mama Bird and CEO at Little Bird Marketing. I'm so excited to announce finally, my book is out. Collaboration is the new competition. Why the future of work rewards a cross-pollinating hive mind and how not to get left behind. So what's the book about? (laughs) The impetus was really about a gap that I saw in the business vernacular about how we need to work together to get ahead and have much bigger wins. I think it's super important right now because there is a growing need for collaboration in the business world. And I made this book super practical. In fact, the chapters tell you how many minutes it's going to take for you to get through them. I know you're busy, but these kinds of ideas are going to, I hope, permeate into your thought process and help you get ahead quicker. The first part of the book is about what is the state of affairs in business and why I believe collaboration is really needed. And it also goes on to explain these are the fundamentals that need to happen so you can have collaboration. So once you set yourself up for the win, then It's not always smooth sailing. And I finished the last half of the book giving you seven different anchors that you can use as a practical tool in order to make sure you stay on course. So in a time when business has never been more complicated, this book offers a fresh and in my opinion, much needed perspective. It moves away from that idea of linear success and instead brings people together to give you a competitive advantage. Visit PriscillaMcKinney.com for more information. Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the little bird marketing company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, Mama Bird and CEO here. And today I am so excited to finally have someone on who um, has an amazing background in advertising, but you are going to love the rigor, the prowess she has about market research, just that beautiful intersection of what's going on in one particular market. How is it being disrupted? How do I stay focused? How do I keep looking out? How do I look in? <laughs> and just an amazing conversation we're going to have with Carrie Setti from Boya Financial. And this is just in full disclosure, a friend of a friend. This is so cool that we finally got together. Carrie, we've been talking and talking about doing this podcast and we have so many amazing colleagues in common. I'm just going to mention two so that they can get some airtime here, but Zachary Nippert is a good friend of both of ours. And then also Katrina Noel at No Research. And she's just such an amazing addition to the industry. And it's so fun to know a lot of powerhouses and badasses in the industry in common. So Carrie, it's such a delight to have you on today. Thanks, Priscilla. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast. So now finally to be on as a guest, I'm honored. So thanks for having me. Well, talk about the honor. It's really all mine as the VP and head of consumer insights and research at Voya Financial. I mean, you'd have to be living under a rock to not have heard of this company, but Carrie oversees the execution of strategy specific to advancing the business goals for this massive Fortune 500 financial services company. I mean, when you think about a company with 6,000 employees and almost 14 million customers and billions in annual revenue, I get a little bit overwhelmed, Carrie. So we're going to break down this conversation a little bit because honestly, I am already feeling a little bit the stress of what you do day to day. (laughs) So I'm going to have you break it down for me a little bit, but I want people to just get to know you a little bit so they understand where this conversation is coming from. 
Carrie specializes in strategic brand research, cultural and consumer insight. And of course, she has so much experience across all phases of international qualitative and quantitative research. But we're going to talk a little bit about how she comes together with a plan and with her team to support so many different lines of business. So for my listeners, Carrie, kind of set the stage a little bit about what the specifics are behind that title. What do you really manage? Like, give me that day in the life of Carrie. I'll just start by saying most of my career was really spent in advertising. So I started my career at Young and Rubicam doing brand health tracking in over 40 countries. And that's really where I fell in love with brand and all things strategic brand management. I spent about 16 years on the agency side. And then one day I had a fantastic opportunity where the corporate CMO from Voya Financial came knocking on my door. And actually, it was really funny. It was through another agency. So BBDO is actually the agency that we work with for our consumer TV campaign. And I guess their client was Voya. And they said, hey, we just interviewed this person. She didn't want to move to Atlanta, but she might be right for this role. So I met with Voya. And I absolutely love it here. What I love most about the job is in an enterprise insights and research function, and we don't really have them within the businesses. We have competitive intelligence, of course, within the businesses, but we really are the only primary research experts in the walls of Voya. And so what that really means is that we get to support all of our enterprise partners, whether that be enterprise brand, media and advertising, our corporate and social responsibility, our employee experience leaders, but then also all of the businesses from a product development standpoint, marketing and advertising, brand health tracking. We do tons in the digital product work, Lots of customer satisfaction, especially as you think about those big annual relationship surveys. And then, of course, because Voya Financial is largely a B2B2C company, we do a ton of thought leadership at both the enterprise level and specifically within the businesses supporting their sales goals. So also lots of win-loss research. And I really love it because... We're helping from an overall corporate strategy standpoint, and then also influencing how we go to market. So it's fantastic because you get to actually see your work full circle, which you don't always get to see on the agency side. That's so true. You're in the trenches, and so you're seeing it the outcome. But let's back up just a minute. I want to unpack what you just said about you being really a B to B to C. And this is very unusual. And so unpack that just a little bit for my listeners to understand really how Voya fits in the financial world and why then this necessitates you really understanding multiple end users. Our largest businesses are what we call wealth and health solutions. And wealth solutions is primarily retirement. Depending on where you are in the retirement market, it can be consultant and advisor sold. But of course, we need to understand what those clients who are essentially going to offer a 401k or 403b or 457, 
to their clients, what they want and need. And then at the end of the day, you have to ultimately get their employees, what we call plan participants, to sign up for the plan and actively contribute to their retirement plan. So understanding how all those different customer constituencies are thinking and feeling, what's on their mind, what about legislation such as Secure 2.0, how is that influencing what they need, how can we better arm the advisors that sell defined contribution plans to understand what those clients need. So it's really sort of a treasure trove of information that they need um, to be able to serve each of those customers' needs. And then on the health solutions side, really just think about a lot of the voluntary insurances that you might sign up through the workplace, such as hospital indemnity insurance, critical illness insurance. We also sell stop loss insurance, and that's more of a CFO bought type sort of product. Also HSAs and understanding how all of those products really work together to give someone financial confidence and ultimately help them with their future financial security. So again, understanding what employees want and need so that we can then better meet the needs of our clients. And then also on the health solution side, many of those products and services are sold through brokers. So we're directly working with the intermediary to offer those products and services to their clients. And then our other business is the asset management business. So investment management, we play both on the institutional and the intermediary side. So intermediaries, largely the same advisors who might also be selling DC plans. And then the institutional side, chief investment officers, pension boards. So think more along that line. So primarily more B2B over there than B2B2C. All the things you're talking about to me, first of all, like I mentioned, overwhelming. But secondly, it does make me think of one other word, and that is disruption. You are serving an industry that has just been disrupted over the last two decades. And I think about how the consumer it now approaches something as simple as retirement. This is a very different messaging if we look at even 10 years ago, when you look at advertising and what people were being told about retirement then versus what's going on now in advertising. And I just want to make this connection with you because I think you being on this podcast is so different, referenced your work in the agency world, but I think about disruption in major agencies. So your work in Ogilvy, let's kind of bring ourselves back here to Mad Men era, right? Once upon a time, companies had to go to Madison Avenue and basically get on their knees. Could we possibly work through you to get an advertisement out? And now nobody has to do that. Companies are empowered to work digitally to seek these things out on their own. Of course, there is a major value. Agencies still remain, but agencies at that level have been disrupted. I think if we take that same idea and that model, that's what's happened over on the financial world and is what intrigues me so much about Voya Financial is because amid all that disruption, it has just sliced the pie down. All these things that you just mentioned about how you go to market and who you're selling to multiple different personas and in multiple different media avenues. And then you have so much messaging that you need to test. And one of the pieces that is involved in that is 
some consumer education. So while so many people have gone, you think about ad agency and then financial services, that analogy, they've gone to some self-serve. There's still as major big corporate products that are behind their serving businesses. So tell me about how you even begin to think about such a disrupted market and how you even begin to frame up the work that your team needs to do for these multiple lines of businesses, multiple internal departments. So how do you even see as the VP just framing up insights for not just today, but what you're going to need tomorrow? I always try to look at it very just simply, and you just put the consumer at the center of everything. But it really highlights the need for real-time measurement and multiple methods, right? But you bring it all back to, as a market researcher, understanding the consumer and leveraging whatever existing measurement you have going on to really understand, all right, how is the world changing and what does this mean? So if you think about just the current environment and you mentioned retirement, I mean, look at the past like year or two. People have lost almost a quarter of their retirement savings, whatever you want to call it. Some people call it a poly crisis. I've heard so many different terms for what's happening right now. And no matter what you want to call it with the current inflationary environment, it's a difficult economic cycle. Even if you look at broader, we're seeing things like institutional trust on the decline even in this year's Edelman Trust Barometer. So we do lots of our own proprietary research, but we also look to what's happening out there in terms of secondary. I think Edelman Trust Barometer called it, they've essentially seen economic optimism collapse globally, where they saw in more than half the country surveyed double-digit declines in the belief that families will be better off in five years' time. It's a challenging time. Even though we're not in banking, you look to the financial banking crisis, you might call it, and we saw institutional trust literally implode within 72 hours for Silicon Valley Bank. You look at all these sort of macro trends, and then you say, well, how does that impact Voya's businesses? And what we tend to see is that this flight to like larger financial institutions over smaller financial institutions. We see things particularly when it comes to the intermediary, where our intermediaries that we largely sell through don't really want to introduce any additional risk in that relationship. So they're going to go to their core five that they work with in terms of record keepers instead of exploring out other opportunities for business. So I think if you just always keep the consumer at the center, whoever that consumer is, and you have to monitor trends all the time. So like we subscribe to all things Cantar, the GFK old Roper reports. We're looking to the Edelman Trust for all the industry research that's out there. We're also doing our real own real-time measurement so we can see how these things are changing because they are changing. And then you layer on your own proprietary insights. It really tells a very clear picture of what you need to offer as a result of everything that's happening. And so I would say, how do you do it? You kind of boil it down to those key insights, and then you tell a story about it. 
and you tell a story with all the data and insights that you're seeing, but you make sure that in there, you bring it to life through verbatims about how people are really feeling. And then we're also really, really good at trying to incorporate some of that multi-method, multimedia presentation style. So incorporating video when we can to really, again, bring those insights to life. So when I think about it that way, I don't get so stressed out about everything else that's going on because it kind of just keeps the customer at the center. But you have to have all those measurements happening. You have to be curious. You have to look at other things all the time. When I hear you talk about getting a powerful story, showing great visuals, really tapping into the verbatims, what I hear you saying is that responsibility to socializing those key learnings to all of these stakeholders that you have so that you all are getting on the same page. But if I could break that down on maybe two different conversational points, I am curious about your take on two things. And one is, what are your feelings about looking at your team and saying specialization versus generalization? Like, what are kind of your feelings about that? Should I have someone who just does this one methodology so I really get the expert in it versus, hey, I need someone who's very well versed. So that would be one conversation and I'll kind of repeat the other one in a minute. But then I'd love your take a little bit about what are your feelings as you look at your team on insources versus outsourcing. And I know that you have a strong team internally, but then you use other people in the industry. Let's take a short break. Develop especially for client-side insights leaders and practitioners who are committed to advancing the profession. The Insights Association's Corporate Researchers Conference, CRC, takes place this year in Chicago, November 2023. Content will focus on the theme of driving growth in turbulent times and will highlight Insights' essential role in supporting organizations through turbulence. It could be economic, geopolitical, environmental, or social to maintain and ignite growth. Provocative keynote presenters will share the main stage with CMOs and insights leaders discussing such critical issues as DEI, ESG, and data quality. Attendees will have the chance to choose from among dozens of case studies presented by brand leaders in concurrent tracks. It will be an unparalleled opportunity to catch up with industry friends and forge new connections during numerous social activities, including a choice of excursions in the city. Register today at insightsassociation.org. So if we could talk about that, like your thoughts on generalization versus specialization and then insourcing versus outsourcing, what are you thinking as a VP leading this effort? Actually, I dealt with that when I first joined here. I would say reimagine the entire team. I mean, there were a lot of really special people doing incredible work but it wasn't really speaking to what we were being tasked with for the future. And I've even heard other leaders say this, but you know, you've done an incredible job doing the things to get to where you are today, but those things are not going to be the things that get you to where you're going in the future. And that was why I sort of reimagined the entire insights function here to ensure that the things the leaders were asking for in the future were the knowledge, skills, and abilities of the team that I had today to get me there. 
So when it comes to specialization versus generalization, I mean, quite frankly, I think you need to have both. I really do. It's mandatory that you also be someone who can hold qualitative conversations. But we literally went out and hired a woman who is a qualitative moderator through and through. That was her full-time job. And she is now on staff. And so we make sure that we have that level of skill and expertise. And listen, everybody thinks they can write a discussion guide. I've seen a lot of crappy discussion guides. I always say there's an art and science to discussion guides as well. And so now she's on staff, but maybe she doesn't have, you know, 20 years financial services experience, for example. So you also have to make sure that you understand the business. That's how you get respect of your business leaders. You have to truly understand the service model, how that changes depending on the various market size or market segment. You have to know how we sell. Why do people choose us? Why do they choose competition, right? So you also have to have some folks on the team who have that business knowledge And then you can, of course, bring in the generalists, right, who are from outside. And I will say, I do think it's all about diversity of thought in terms of an agency versus supplier person versus client side only versus been in financial services industry for 20 plus years and know it in and out and know how it's evolved and know where we came from so that they can have these conversations. And I will say, when you have that classically quant trained, with the qualitative experts all on the same team. I really think it makes for a stronger team. We always challenge ourselves before we get in front of a client audience. We always say, hey, does this data, do they hang together? Why or why not? And we're the ones poking holes in the work even before it sees the light of day. So for me, I really feel like from an insights function standpoint, it's really the best of both worlds. And you really have to balance that specialization versus generalization. And I really think a little bit of both is kind of the magic there. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone else can convince me otherwise, but that at least that's been my sort of recipe um, for success here. Now, in terms of insourcing and outsourcing, I have to tell you, you have to be able to have a solid network of partners. You absolutely have to. What we are being, listen, we do a ton of internal research too, right? Internal focus groups. We help our employee-led councils, every internal initiative, our purpose, our vision. We're being brought in. Our team is being brought in on all of those things even to further our own DEI efforts internally. When we test a product out in the market, we're always testing it internally with employees first. I can't bring in suppliers for those projects. So we have to have the bandwidth and capacity, basically have our hand in so many different projects at any given time. You have to scale and have providers that you can work with that help you with all the programming all of the field work, even the back-end data processing needs, and even the initial analytic plans sometimes they'll come to us with. But I always say the way I frame it up for our internal clients, I always say that the thinking really happens here. We're sort of the ones who are coming up with the idea for, hey, we really think it's this methodology. We'd like to execute it this way. Here are the questions that have to be in here to make this project a success. 
But the beauty is when you have a solid network of providers that you really consider your trusted partners, and you mentioned too at the start of this call, but when you have those, that's where you have some idea bouncing and say, hey, I know you guys asked for this, but we're really thinking that maybe if we approached it this way, and maybe if we added on this to the methodology, it could really help you get to X, Y, Z. But that's how we scale our offering because without it, I mean, we are very much a small and mighty team, but we could never handle the amount of projects that we take on. And I would say 95% strategic projects for the business, for overall corporate enterprise Voya, it would be virtually impossible. Yeah. So many people, when you're saying this, a small but mighty team, they're looking from the outside in saying, oh, if only we had the budget of Voya Financial. But everybody has limited budget. Everybody, no matter how you slice it, kind of has to do more with less anymore. (laughs) There's definitely a place for all the agile tools. And we have 100% invested in our internal tools and agile tools and DIY offering and even building online communities so that we can go in and tap. But the thing is, our time is not best spent than figuring out, okay, what's the right incentive and a structure and how do we keep this community engaged? We are much better off outsourcing those activities to someone else. And then we're just thinking about the actual research projects that go into the community and designing those and then presenting the results back to our clients. I also think, and I've been at all the research conferences with you, Priscilla, but DIY tools I would say, gotten a lot of visibility in the last couple of years. But you and I probably both know way back when, think agency world. I mean, when it came to new business, you think we had huge budgets? That's when we were using the Insight Expresses. I mean, the original DIY tools. Mm -hmm. So we were doing those like quick turn omnis a decade ago and programming our own DCMs over the weekend just to see which idea would win before we would go and pitch it to a client. So they've been around for a long time. I don't think they're a replacement for. We still have huge projects with major strategic implications. We're probably not going to just program a little DIY survey for those. So there's always a time and a place but agile tools absolutely because you have to be able to flex timing what do they say? Speed is now also super important. So we never say no, but we always share what the trade-offs are for every methodology, for every problem that we try to solve. We'll always come up with a solution, but there's always trade-offs in terms of what you get for that. So we just make sure that our internal clients are aware of what those trade-offs are. And of course, we as researchers are fully aware of, okay, if we go this way versus that way, but here's the good news, you get your results by X, Y, Z. It really depends on the challenge that you're faced with in terms of what is the right solution, but there's always a place for all of those tools. And we have absolutely invested significantly year over year since I've been at Voyeur for the last seven years to ensure that we do have the ability to do things like that fast. You mentioned that we're at these conferences together and we constantly have these conversations about do it yourself, do it together, or the real value of a collaborative outsourced (laughs) research partner. And you talk about this, I heard you say a couple different ways, basically that strategic thinking, that collaborative thinking, the yes, 
and type of thinking. So let's talk and, and kind of wrap a little bit on this idea of the research supplier expectation that is out there. Because like I said, so many people see you at these conferences and think, oh, I just want to be able to work for Voya. And I'm sure you get maybe hounded down a hallway a little bit <laughs> at those events as all end client researchers do. But tell us a little bit about your mindset because a lot of my listeners are owners or activators at market research firms, strategic firms, or at DIY tool firms. And so they want to know what's in your mind. How much collaboration do you want? How much do-it-yourself do you want? What are you thinking about here in the near future? What we like to do at Ponderings from the Perch is pull the curtain back a little bit and hear from the wizard. What is it that is really on your mind? How could they best approach an enterprise company like Voya Financial and offer something of value? What is it that you're thinking and listening for, really? Sometimes they're new providers with new names and we know the old providers, but we're always open to having a conversation. I will say, particularly in financial services and other sort of highly regulated industries like pharmaceuticals, look, it is definitely a challenge to get in as a supplier. We don't take it lightly. We have very thorough risk review processes, not just for at a partner sort of outset, but for every single project. We evaluate what information is being shared. How is it secure? How is our customer information being protected? And that is a very rigorous and detailed and timely process. And so if you are not one of those trusted providers in the ecosystem, it requires a ton of work, not just from a legal scope of work, MSA standpoint, but then also from a risk review standpoint, because quite frankly, we're a financial institution. We have to safeguard people's financial security. It's a big deal. And so we don't take onboarding new providers. It is not easy. It is not fast intentionally. And so there are definitely some challenges, right? If we have a quick turn project where we have to deliver the results by X, and even if there's a fantastic provider who could be perfect, we always tend to look internal with the providers that we're already working with. We have a very broad solid network of research providers that we work with. We have onboarded, I would say every year, a couple new providers to make sure that we are getting the best pricing. We're also getting the best thinking. We're also getting the best methodologies. And we're also seeing what else is out there. We have to evolve. So we are certainly doing that, even though it is sort of a painstaking process full of things like risk review. But that said, what are you bringing to the table? How are you different? If I already have an agile DIY tool internally and shout out to like AYTM, I've been using them since the agency side, by the way, how are you different? Why would I onboard a new one? So I think first of all, really just making sure that we understand like what is your value proposition? How might you be different than what I've already got in my tools and network internally? But the differentiation for me is key because then is it worth it? What is the value to my potential clients internally? What is the value to Voya? What is the value to the business? 
And I would say from a standpoint in terms of how we work with providers, it really varies. Sometimes we have certain providers that we're doing all the thinking. And like you said, other times it truly is a fully consultative kind of uh, relationship. And sometimes it's like that. And then it varies on a particular project because we know exactly what we want to do. So it can vary within the relationship. It can also vary by provider, but we're very much open. I would say we like providers who are flexible, who understand that sometimes things take more time here because we certainly dot the I's and cross the T's because we are a highly regulated industry and because there is a lot of risk in sharing and safeguarding our customers' information. And that's always a top priority for us. And how do we also, though, remain agile? Because those things are often like in contrast to each other, like making sure you dot the I's, cross the T's, but also that you can flex and change. But I also have great respect for how you've gone about things over the years, also with some intentionality in what you mentioned at the beginning, diversity of thought. And yes, that comes with the diversity on your own team that comes with diversity of different vendors. But I've seen you also be very intentional about people of color, working with women-owned businesses and on down the diversity line. And I just have a real respect for how you think about that and say, it's one thing to say, I need to have diversity of thought, but it's another thing to say, and now I will go achieve it in the best way I can, like very intentionally. And I really love that supporting women in research and so many other organizations to really say, this isn't just talk. This is what we're actually doing the way we pursue vendors. Yeah. And we actually had a supplier diversity and I will say we have been very intentional. If you are a minority owned business, I want to hear from you. We love supporting minority-owned business. You mentioned no research, a women-owned business. We are intentional about diversity, not just in terms of our suppliers, but in the entire process, in our research process, even in our advertising. If you've looked at our consumer advertising, we are very intentional about disability inclusion in our advertising. We also go out of our way, even if they're not, let's say, in focus groups. And actually, Katrina will tell you, we have to have diversity in every single focus group. We believe it makes the work better. And then we go even further. And I mentioned BBDO as our advertising partner on this. We have diversity in terms of the actual directing. We have a woman creative director, which is almost unheard of. And so the fact that we have diversity at that level in the account services, in the production crew that we actually hire all the way through in the research and how we do our brand tracking and health and make sure that our advertising is working the way it's intended to work. We go out of our way to oversample those segments. So I will say it's absolutely part of who we are at Voya. And we always say we bleed orange here. But we are all in and we walk the walk. So it's really fantastic to see that in the work. And actually, Paul Gennaro is my boss and he literally just came out. We actually shared some of our research where you can actually see that this is also Americans want. They want to see things like disability inclusion in advertising. And it's absolutely 
such an area um, where I think you can clearly see is sort of underrepresented still today, even with the latest movement around DE&I, but there's so much more work to do. So when we think of research suppliers that we want to partner with, by the way, I'm still looking for a veteran-owned research supplier. So if you are out there, please reach out to me. We would love to work with you. I love that. And speaking of reaching out to her, so it's Carrie Setti. It's very easy to find her on LinkedIn. K-E-R-R-Y-S-E-T-T-E is how you spell it. So reach out to her and let's make this connection. Let's find this veteran-owned um, supplier and make this happen because that's such an intentional part of what you do. And like I said, absolutely hats off to you for leading the way and making this happen. Carrie, such a privilege to hear from you, especially with your advertising and the insights background and just really that holistic perspective. Again, I just want to end by saying hats off to you for leading the way with diversity and inclusion and just being mindful of how you go about working in this industry. I really appreciate that. And it obviously your reputation precedes you in that way. And I'm so glad to be a colleague with you. But thank you so much for joining us on Ponderings from the Perch. Thanks so much, Priscilla. So happy to be here. And I hope you'll have me back. And hopefully I can share better news about what's happening in the sort of macro (laughs) environment, especially around inflation. Hopefully it gets better. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Let's put that on the books. It'll be an actual financial recovery special session on (laughs) ponderings from the Verge. Deal. (laughs) Count me in. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.